0: everyone. And welcome to the Live With Rachel podcast. I'm Rachel and today we're going to be continuing from the two previous episodes that we've been doing on decision making. In particular, the importance of considering whether or not to do an action itself and whether or not that action is morally right or wrong and considering a person's attitudes to the action and the motives and also the result and all these things. And we also discussed nine possible sources of information to consider when you're making decisions. So I talked about a lot of things but if you haven't checked out those episodes yet you should definitely do so because they provide a lot of context for what I'm going to be talking about today. Now I've said it also in the last two episodes and I guess if you're a long-term listener this isn't a surprise but if you're only tuning into the podcast now and you've never heard any of the previous stuff that I've done before then for the new listeners I just wanted to say this is a Christian podcast so majority of what I'm about to say will be faith-based but I really do hope that even if If you aren't a Christian listening, that you can still get as much wisdom and knowledge as possible and are open to what we're talking about today. And I hope that it's useful for you. Also, a lot of what I'm going to be talking about today comes from the book, How to Know God's Will by Wayne Grudem. So if you want to get more information on that, I highly recommend getting his works because they're really practical and great. And he's a very smart man. Today, we'll be looking at the following questions of how can we know that we will evaluate each of these factors properly and correctly? Directly, when we consider all of them, because the act of considering all of these things that we've talked about—the the four factors to consider, the the nine sources of information, all of that stuff that I've already talked about—like how do we put this all together into making a decision? And this is because the act of considering all of this requires skill in making the right decision. So how can we get this skill, and how do we improve upon it in the future? And this leads us to what I'm about to talk about today, which is wisdom. Most people. People want to gain more insight when they're making decisions about various ethical situations that may come up in their lives i know personally from from my own experience i've been caught up in situations where i've felt really really torn between two sides for literally months on end but in biblical terms the personal skill of making such right decisions falls under the category of wisdom so a lot of people have various definitions and views as to what wisdom really is but for the purposes of today wisdom Wisdom is usually defined as the ability to discern or judge what is true, right, or lasting. And in the Christian context, it is also defined as the skill of understanding and applying the Bible rightly to each situation. Wisdom is also different to knowledge. Knowledge is usually information gained through experience, reasoning, or acquaintance. It can exist without wisdom, but not the other way around. So for example, knowledge is knowing when to use chili powder, but wisdom is knowing not to put it in your breakfast. Smoothie. Since wisdom is a skill, this means that you can grow it with time and practice. Gaining mature wisdom is a process that increases over many, many years of godly living, and mature Christians are those who know how to discern between things properly because they're constantly practicing to distinguish good from evil and right from wrong. The Bible also says a lot about wisdom. There's actually a whole book on wisdom, and it's classified as wisdom literature in the Bible when you look into all of this stuff. And that is the book of Proverbs. The Bible as a whole puts a huge, huge emphasis on the value of wisdom, so the book of Proverbs is a really important one. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 to 17 says, Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand, and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths all her ways are satisfying. But how does a person actually become wise? Well, lucky for you, the Bible has a lot to say about that. It's not straightforward like following an instructional manual, but scripture actually speaks often about the character of the person who is making ethical decisions, meaning what kind of person He or she must be in order to have wisdom to begin with. So let's jump into looking at the source of wisdom and personal character traits that come with wisdom. So where does wisdom come from? It comes from God. God reveals a lot about himself in the Bible. And if God is who he claims to be in the Bible, then the Bible's answers to life's biggest questions are worth paying attention to. A lot of people also have the wrong view of God. And this ultimately results in people not trusting him as they should. However, I can tell you that one of the attributes of God that we can actually rely on is the fact that he is infinitely wise, even when we don't agree. God knows all the implications of his actual and potential actions, bringing about no unintended consequences. So if we're to get true wisdom, we need to get it from God himself. And we do that by walking in a personal relationship with him. James chapter one, verse five says, if you need wisdom, wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So when we pray to God and ask him for discernment and wisdom, the Bible says right there, he will enable us to apply the Bible rightly to each situation and to see into the heart of each situation also, which now leads me to my next point. Wisdom also comes from the Bible. God's word. If God is the source of all true wisdom, then it shouldn't be surprising that God often uses the words of the Bible as the means by which he gives wisdom to us. When you read the Bible properly and study it properly, you will find the wisdom in it is very different from the wisdom of the world. First Corinthians chapter two, verses six to seven says, we do use wisdom when speaking to people who are mature in their faith but it isn't the wisdom of this world or of its rulers who will soon disappear. We speak of God's hidden and mysterious wisdom that God decided to use for our glory long before the world began. So moving on to number three, wisdom comes with a fear of God. So for the person who doesn't believe, an unbeliever, the non-Christians, the fear of God is the fear of judgment of God and being eternally separated from him after we die. However, for the Christian, the person who believes, the fear of God is something very, very different. It's more of a reverence, a respect or admiration or appreciation of God. And I feel like those other words kind of make it seem weaker than what it is, but I really hope that you understand what I mean. It's this motivating factor for us to humbly surrender our lives to God and it's not because we're scared of him or anything it's just we're no longer scared of the eternal separation from God because we know that Jesus has saved us from that. Psalm 111 verse 10 says wisdom begins with respect for the Lord. Those who obey his orders have good understanding. He should be praised forever. If we establish in our minds at the beginning of a journey or mission for wisdom that we deeply want to avoid disobedience being God and displeasing him then we will be much more eager to learn his directions for our lives and to walk in obedience to those good commands those who have no fear of God tend to do a lot of different sins and obviously they don't care about what they're doing they don't care about God or what the bible says or what Jesus did but Paul even talks about it in Romans chapter 3, verses 10 to 18. It says, No one is acceptable to God. Not one of them understands or even searches for God. They have all turned away and are worthless. There isn't one person who does right. Their words are like an open pit, and their tongues are only good for telling lies. Each word is as deadly as the fangs of a snake, and they say nothing but bitter curses. These people quickly become violent. Wherever they go, they leave ruin and destruction. They do not know how to live in peace." They don't even fear God. Ultimately, though, if more people did fear the Lord in the right way, more people would have more wisdom that would result in holiness and purity and more and more of God's blessing for our daily lives. Which brings me to point number four, which is wisdom comes with faith. I quoted James chapter one, verse five earlier, but I want to read directly after that, which is verses six to eight. And it says this, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in every They do. So where it says to be sure that your faith in God alone, what that means is to ask with a settled trust or confidence that God will grant the wisdom that you have asked for. When we ask for something that God has approved or promised in his word, like wisdom, we don't have to keep sitting and wondering if it's good and pleasing to him because he's already said so. Moving on to point number five is the wisdom that comes with knowledge. Like I said earlier, knowledge can exist without wisdom, but not the other way around. A wise person will not only have the skill of applying the Bible rightly to each situation, but will also have the knowledge about the Bible and about the situation. That might be including yourself or other people who are also in the situation. But more information about a situation is often needed before we can make a wise decision. Also, knowledge of the situation also must include knowledge about ourselves because we are also a part of the situation. Also, knowledge of the situation also must include knowledge about ourselves because because we're a part of the situation. Moving on to point number six, wisdom comes with obedience to God. In the Bible, the evil and the wicked person is not wise for everything they say is crooked and deceitful and they refuse to act wisely or good, according to Psalm 36 verse three. But by contrast, people who are obedient to God are those who gain wisdom and exercise it in their actions daily. And as they practice this, the more likely they are to be more discerning. Psalm chapter 37 verse 30 Says, the godly offer good counsel. They teach right from wrong. And in the New Testament, like we've been saying before, James also has a lot to say about wisdom. In chapter 1, verses 23 to 25, it says, For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you carefully look into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Point number seven is that wisdom comes from accepting counsel and advice from others. As you read the book of Proverbs, you'll notice that there's actually a common theme and it's that people who are wise listen to advice from other people. Now, this doesn't mean just any person. As I've said before, it's someone who you trust, someone who you look up to, someone who you admire, who is wise and responsible and cares about your spiritual health. These kinds of people help us to understand the Bible and a situation a whole lot more clearly. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Moving on to number eight, wisdom comes from humility. So a characteristic to look out for in wise people is humility. And this is because proud people have the wrong kind of wisdom. It's not even a real kind of wisdom because they just consider themselves to be really wise. The Bible warns us not to see ourselves in this way. When a person is humble, they are a lot more persuasive. And finally, point number nine is that wisdom brings joy. So when a person finds the wisdom that God offers, one of the rewards is lasting joy. And you'll see this mentioned in the book of Proverbs. And it's pretty straightforward. When you make foolish decisions, it'll create chaos, drama, and stress, and might even put you at odds with other people. But when you've made a wise decision for the right reasons, you'll have an inward sense of joy and and delight because you know that you're walking in God's ways. Those are the nine sources of wisdom and some character traits that follow wisdom. I hope it's given you a lot to think about and it's cleared a whole bunch of things up in terms of ethical living. I just want to also close this episode by summarizing that God wants us to know him and to live wisely. He promises to keep safe those who listen to him and to choose to listen and walk in wisdom. And we shouldn't be what the Bible calls fools who despise wisdom, but instead we we should learn to love wisdom without being proud or defensive or easily offended. But we should always try to walk in God's ways and try to honor him. And it's because life with God is a life built on a firm foundation. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just let me know what you guys want to hear. But I hope you'll tune in for the next one. I hope you have a really great rest of your day. Bye, everyone.